we are doing something a little bit different this morning that we do twice a year, and you came on a great Sunday if it's your first time. I'll say this, if it's your first time, you're going to be hearing a little bit more about next steps for you this morning. But we celebrate Team Sunday as a Sunday just to say, hey, what are ways that, that you can become a part of this team, this team that we call Ponca City Church? But I'll say this, in kind of the spirit of tailgating, uh, we have nachos out in the lobby. So if you didn't grab any on the way in, uh, make sure you grab some nachos on the way out. We're going to have those in the lobby area, just kind of in the spirit of uh, just being a team and it being game day this morning. Okay, so hey, um, my favorite teams, let's just break this down, because I know not all of you, if you're new this morning, you're like, who is this guy? Well, my name's T.D. Davis. My wife, Callie, and I have the privilege to pastor this church. Uh, we've been here a little over three years, and um, yeah, we're just so excited. So uh, just to give you kind of a rundown of my teams, because it kind of helps kind of tell the story of me a little bit. It's all over the place, right? Yeah, yeah, we got some booze. Awesome. This is going well already in the first five minutes, right? Uh, anyway, hey, I went to college at the University of Arizona before I transitioned and transferred to Bible college. So I'm an Arizona Wildcat, so all you Big 12 people, like, stand down. You know what I'm saying? Uh, P.S., by the way, uh, Arizona beat a pe Big 12 team last night, so hallelujah. You know, that never happens. Plus, I don't stay till two, up till 2 a.m. because all these West Coast games end at, like, 2, and it's Sunday morning the next day, which is awesome. So I literally just pray and open my ESPN app right when I, right when I wake up on Sunday mornings, right? Uh, anyway, uh, my, my pro team is the Seattle Seahawks. We got some Seattle Seahawks fans over here, fresh from Seattle, Washington. I grew up, I grew up in a town called Puyallup, which is like a suburb of Seattle. I grew up in western Washington, so uh, in Seattle, uh, you know what I mean, everybody's still bitter about losing the Supersonics. Which brings us to the next point, is that since I married an Oklahoman, I'm uh, grafted into the Oklahoma City Thunder, and I'm not bitter, everybody. I'm not bitter, yeah. It's a redemption story. Let's pray. We can leave. We're done today, right? No. Anyway, uh, those are my teams. That kind of just tells a little bit about me. Those are the teams that I represented. But I'll just say this. Um, being in pastoral ministry, uh, the team that I'm most passionate about is, is this thing called the local church, you guys. I believe that the local church is the greatest nonprofit of all time. When it functions in a healthy way, the local church has the capacity to change the world. In fact, we've seen throughout human history the impact of the local church. Twelve guys that didn't have it all together following Jesus that somehow multiplied out to modern day to be billions of people who self-identify as Christians. Not to mention, we're talking about the Roman Empire where following Jesus wasn't the most popular idea. You see, Jesus and his church have the potential to impact the world if we could just grasp and see that vision ourselves. There's this team, there's this group of people that Jesus has a vision for called his church that he believes in, he's empowered and sent out into every nook and cranny of society to make a difference and to invite heaven into the spaces and the darkest places we can think of, right? And I'm just so honored to, to know that we get to be that church. We get to be a part of that team. Amen. So this morning, we're going to talk a little bit about um, this specific local team. Because how many guys know there's, there's churches everywhere, right? And a lot of people talk about the Big C Church. But this morning, we're talking about kind of the way that we as a local church have positioned ourselves and really encourage everybody who um, comes visits our church, starts hanging out at our church, to get involved and to, to spiritually grow. And I'll, and I'll say this, is that my assumption this morning is if you physically made it here, there's something inside of you that may be a little bit curious about God. Maybe you got invited by a friend, maybe you got drugged here this morning, but the fact that you've valued time in your schedule, busy schedule, not to mention Sunday represents the day before we get back to the work week, right? It's like, this is sacred time. So by you being here in the room, for me that communicates, I'm, I'm kind of building this off an assumption that you're curious about God, or maybe you're a person that's interested in what it looks like to grow spiritually. 
What would it look like to increase my faith? What would it look like to connect with God on a deeper level? And I'll just say this this morning. Um, if you are new, maybe it's your first time, second time, you're just new here in general. Our thing with you is like, we just want you to be, get comfortable. Because here's what I know. Uh, when you're moving in, when you're checking out, first Sunday, first time here, first few times here, it's always the hardest. And we always try to make that a really pleasant experience, a welping, welcoming experience. So hopefully that's been your experience this morning. But if you're new here and you haven't filled out a welcome card, these are in the ba seat backs in front of you. And we just use this as a tool to stay connected with you. What's the way you want to be uh, contacted? And we got a free gift for you because, once again, we're just excited you're here. And we're just thankful you've taken time out of your schedule to be here. We take that really serious. So we want to bless you. We got a $5 gift card to one of our local coffee shops we want to give you. But more than that, we want to stay connected with you. We want to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. And we want to look, uh, start to explore what it looks like to take next steps in our faith. And we've positioned ourselves as a church to hopefully do that and make it really easy for you. So if you're new this morning, we're going to talk about some next steps. But here's what I want more than anybody who's new is just to, to, to relax and say um, you're in a season where we just want you to get comfortable. We want you to kind of understand what we do, what kind of church we are, and there's no pressure. But for everybody else this morning, we're going to be talking about um, some next steps and um, some ways that we ex express what it looks like to grow uh, as a church and, and grow in our faith. So first I want to talk about Jesus' mission because um, the church uh, is called to make something. You see, like, you think about McDonald's. McDonald's makes hamburgers, right? Ford uh, makes cars, right? Like Microsoft makes computer software. So what is the church made to do? Sometimes we get confused on what the church makes. And the church is called to make disciples. This was Jesus' whole thing for his church. And this is a big priority for us. And it's called his great commission. Uh, his mission is to make disciples of all nations. Before Jesus left the earth, meaning that he resurrected, right? Uh, Jesus died, resurrected, started walking around in like zombie-like form, right? Resurrected form, talking to people. People were like, maybe this guy who claimed to be God is actually true. Well, then he left the earth and said, hey, you're going to go and do greater things than I ever did. And hence, he builds his church upon imperfect people, but empowered and filled with his Holy Spirit. And as he sends them and as he ascends into heaven, he gives the church this mission, which is to go and make disciples. This is what, as a church, I just got to be honest with you, this is what we're all about. Like, this is why we exist. Like, we exist because of what Jesus commanded his church to do. We believe disciple-making was like the agenda of Jesus. It's the big one. It's the big focus. Like, things that threaten this mission, like, we're going to defend against making sure that this mission is one we take serious. Because Jesus, before he left, he said, this is what the church was made to do. We make disciples. So, so what does that look like, and how do we flesh, flesh this out, right? So, on to the next uh, slide really quickly. Um, we, we have a goal. And I like to call it, this is our unique permission, meaning this, is that every church is called to fulfill the Great Commission, but every local church is going to have their unique permission, their unique way that they express how they function as a local church and encourage people to get on Jesus' mission and to grow in our faith. So this is our unique permission, or what we call at our church our goal, right? And our goal is this, to adopt anyone and everyone into the genuine and active love of Jesus. I mentioned this during the offering time, but like all of our, all the financial generosity goes and is filtered through that goal. That's, that's it. Like everything contributes to that goal, to adopt anyone and everyone into the genuine and active love of Jesus. We don't want to be people that just say words. We want to be active people. We want to be loving people. We want to lead with love, the same love that Jesus did that brought him to the cross. Like this is, when we talk about like our unique permission under Jesus' mission, this is how we as a church have expressed it. 
and say, man, this is how we're doing it. And this is as a local church, how we're uniquely expressing who we feel like we are called to be. And we have been a church that's been around for 65 plus years. This church was planted in 1952. And I'll just say in this season, Callie and I have had the honor to carry this leg of the baton to continue to be faithful from what we've seen throughout history of the grace on our church to impact and to love on our community. Amen. Moving on next is our vision. And our vision is really just simple. It's this phrase, family matters. We believe family matters because, once again, we believe the church is a family. And I believe this. We, we're, we're called to function as a family. Here's what I know, though. Families get messy, but we don't shy away from that. We want to be real. We want to be genuine. We want to go to the deepest, darkest places in your life and help you and push you and encourage you to be more and more who God has uniquely called you to be. God designed this one big, diverse, and expansive family called his church. We're all different, and we're a family that's constantly being encouraged to grow and adopt others into the family. And we just really, that's our, that's our vision. When we see things ahead, we see it through the lens of a big, diverse, expansive family. Our job's not done yet. Till the day we die, family matters because it matters to God. And we are going to work as hard as we can to maintain, be one big messy family that's okay with our mistakes. That's okay that we're imperfect. But be imperfect people in light of knowing that we're headed in a direction and it's towards Jesus. It's towards who he says we are, right? Amen, amen. We're getting some, we're getting some people riled up this morning. Come on, it's Team Sunday, right? Okay, hey, so our vision is family matters. But here, here's, here's what I want us to kind of dive into this morning before we get out of here. And it's really four main next steps of growing as a follower of Jesus and in his community called the church. What does it look like to grow in our faith and be a part of this team, Ponca City Church, Team PCC? Amen? And the first thing that I want to encourage us in, if you're taking notes or if you're following along this morning, is this principle uh, that we say, get a job, right? Because if we're a family and we're under at the roof of a household, like, I get it, like, you, you can be, like, kind of dependent for a while. Like, you can be kind of like an infant, like a baby, and, like, just be hanging out and really dependent on your parents. But at some point, you hit this part where it's, like, maturity, and you kind of got to start carrying your weight a little bit around the household, right? The same thing goes for our church. We're always encouraging people to help out, to say what we say, get a job, which really just equates to serving on a Sunday ministry team. Here's what I know. When you start serving along other people, you get to know them at such a quicker level. You start making friends and relationships a lot quicker. So we just know that, I'll just say this, serving isn't everything to us. But serving, when it comes to spiritual things, we see in the biblical narrative, serving is one of the most spiritual postures we can possibly take, which is why this is a great entry step and a next step, entry point and next step for everybody. In fact, we're going to look at this because being Jesus-like really really magnifies and lifts up this idea of servanthood. And I think it's best expressed in Mark chapter 10. So we're going to look at that really quick. Uh, I love this. Um, it says this in Mark chapter 10, the, one, one of the gospel narratives of the eyewitness accounts of Jesus as he lived on this earth. Here's what it says in Mark chapter 10. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Now, back up a little bit. James and John, Jesus had 12 followers, but he had this kind of inner circle of three guys, right? The guys that probably got to spend most time with him. The guys that knew him best. The guys that were gleaning probably the most from his life and who he was. And they say to him, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. You know, like, these guys obviously are a little, like, think they're, like, the cream of the crop. Like, hey, we get to hang out with Jesus. Now we're starting to get big enough heads where we're like, hey, we want to start even bossing Jesus around. Verse 36, what do you want me to do for you, he asked. So they replied, let one of us sit at your right, hand, at your right and the other at your left in your glory, right? 
um, these guys are like, we're your inner circle, so we're going to be just as supreme as you are, Jesus. And as God in the flesh, Jesus obviously has something to confront here uh, to help these guys understand who they actually are, right? Jesus says this. He says, you don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered, Jesus said to them. I love this because Jesus is basically being like, I have a specific mission. It's to die on the cross for humanity. You haven't seen that happen yet, but you're just assuming like you and I are on the same page when your mission is going to look, look a lot different than mine, right? Jesus is basically creating distance and saying like, I have a mission to go die for humanity, right? To deal with the issue of sin, to deal with the issue that you and I are imperfect human beings that fall short of God's glory and his standard, right? None of us are perfect, so Jesus is like, that's my job that I'm going to do, and your job is going to look a little bit different, Verse 40 says, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. I love that. Jesus is showing that he's submissive to his heavenly father on the mission that he's been set out to do. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, all right, we got two of the inner circle of the three. So the rest of the guys are hearing about this. And what are they immediately? They're starting to get mad. Of course they're starting to get mad, right? They became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. I love this. Jesus is giving a picture of authority in the culture. He's saying pe most people in authority lord their authority over other people, oppress them. This was the backdrop of Rome, an oppressive dominant empire that pushed their authority and said, hey, we're the big boys in charge, and the culture is dictated by what we decide. So be and submit under our dominant authority. But he says this, something so countercultural to these guys that are like, we want to be high, we want to be mighty, we want to sit on the throne with you, Jesus. What does he say? He says, not so with you. If you're going to follow me, that authority, I I'm not down with that. And they're high... He says, not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your what? Servant. What? High and mighty like you, Jesus? He's telling them, no, you, you, you must actually counterculturally become a servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. That, that's got to be such offensive language during this time. To understand and countercultural to the way that power was being expressed in the backdrop of culture. No, no. You're not going to use your authority and your influence to domineer over other people, but you're going to use it to actually be a slave to everyone. Verse 45 For even the Son of Man, Jesus speaking of a title of himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom. For many. Now we know as the story goes on, Jesus does that. He fulfills that very mission as he goes, dies, suffers an excruciating death on the cross, and he does it literally to be a slave for us so that we as human beings can experience breakthrough and life on this earth as we experience what it looks like to live a life free from the power of sin and death. See, Jesus, in his mighty posture as king of the universe, as almighty of the cosmos, doesn't use his authority to domineer, but uses his authority to serve 
humanity and sets a posture for followers of him to do the same. Spiritual things to people, especially church people, sometimes mean so many different things to so many different people. But I will say this morning, the posture that Jesus took that was the pinnacle of the most spiritual event in human history that was displayed on a cross as he died, as he bled out, as he was murdered for you and I was simply a spiritual trajectory that headed and culminated in death and essentially serving other people. Serving other people's needs is the most spiritual thing and what I believe is the best first step we can take as human beings who are trying to figure out what it looks like to follow Jesus. Serving simply the needs of other people is extremely spiritual. You don't know have to know how to pray when you hear other people pray and you're like, that's an impressive prayer. You don't have to dress in your best clothes when you show up to church. No, these are things that Jesus isn't demanding from you. See, Jesus sets a posture with his disciples and says, the first best spiritual next step that you can take is not making it all about you, but beginning to simply serve the needs of others. And this is why we as a church, this is how we posture ourselves. We're like, serve, get on a team, serve on a team and start connecting and serving and doing something so simple that connects with a larger vision where we remind ourselves, maybe on a weekly, a biweekly, a monthly basis, this life isn't about me. I'm giving up my rights to serve in a larger body of what we're trying to accomplish to make an impact on our city. See, it's, this is what makes our ministry teams and all the teams we have set up for people to have positive first-time experiences. It brings so much purpose because we're saying from the beginning at a grassroots level, being a follower of Jesus, we have to remind ourselves it's not about us. It's never been about us. We have to, in our spiritual maturity, get past the, 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 the mode that says, well, this I, church life needs to be catered to me. We immediately just take a posture and say, no, we're going to make it about the people that aren't a part of this family yet. And the way that we best express this is through what we call our Sunday ministry teams. That's coffee bar. That's our kids ministry to serve your kids. That's uh, through our ushers who, who help facilitate getting people to their seats and passing the offering buckets. That's our parking lot team that hopefully was out there greeting you as you came in this morning. Right. We're just setting the stage of saying, hey, we believe Sunday morning this time is sacred and it matters and it's beneficial to a larger picture of what it looks like for you to grow in your faith spiritually. And we've designed it to be such as that. See, earthly authority was one in which others would lord over others and telling others to do what they say since they're in a high place. But Jesus' authority, kingdom authority, what he invites us into is not by lording, it's by serving. It's by giving our lives since you and I, when we become kingdom citizens of Jesus' kingdom, we're royalty. And we're in royal places to have the benefit to serve the needs of everyone around us. I just want to bring some clarity when it comes to our church, because here's what I know. Once again, we have a unique permission to express who we are. And I, I want to echo two things that I think sometimes get confused, just so that we're clear when it comes to what it looks like to serve at our church. And the, and the first thing is this, is that volunteering is not your calling. It's not your calling. Volunteering is just something Jesus followers do. We believe that it's not like, okay, you're going to be the leader of the coffee bar team, and like that's the calling on your life God has for you. That, that's not what we're doing here. This is just a part of what we do. As Jesus followers, we take a posture of saying, I'm going to show up on Sunday and, and, and get a job because I understand that we're doing something here that's we're part of a vision that's bigger than ourselves. But it doesn't culminate there. 
See, I believe that your calling is so much bigger than a volunteer role. Now, some of you in the room are going to have vision for teams and say, I want to lead that team. I got vision for it. That might be a part of your calling. But we don't assume that you get in a volunteer role and it's like, this is my calling, right? For some of you, there's going to be some transfer. There's going to be some bleed over. But we don't posture ourselves as a church and saying volunteering is everything. Volunteering is not everything. Serving on a team on Sunday morning is not everything. It's just a part and expression of the posture we take as what we're called to do. It's just what we do because we're Jesus followers. And we simply serve the needs of others. Amen. So when it comes to the trajectory of understanding who we are and what we're called to do, we just believe as a church it's so much deeper than that. And we want to help you discover what your unique calling. But I'll just say that it's so much more than volunteering. So much more than volunteering. And the second thing is this, is that we just want to say this. In order for you to show up, to give up your time, to serve the needs of others, to get into a posture and a next step of practically serving the needs of others, I'm just going to make this really, really clear once again, is you don't need to attend classes to start serving on a team. This is how you start serving on a team in our church. You go to the website, you sign up, you'll be contacted. We're going to get you on the schedule, and we want you to start making a difference. Because if you're willing to hive out time in your schedule to serve the needs of others, that's worship. And that's a good thing. And we want you to worship God with your time and to express that. So I'll just say this. There's not a five-step class you got to serve through and make sure, like, okay, you're on board. No, if you have a heart to serve, once again, that's a next step. Start serving. We've made it so easy. There's no classes. There's no this. There's no that. It's literally like you want to serve other people? Great. We want to get you on that team serving the needs of others as quickly as possible because at a grassroots level, once again, this is what it's all about. And I'll say this, though. You're like, yeah, I want to serve with kids. Well, we got to background check you. we got to use good judgment, right? There's certain teams that require good judgment. But I'll just say this. Like, you want to serve coffee? Like, you play guitar? Like, well, it's a worship team. You know what I mean? You play guitar? Like, dust that guitar off and start playing that guitar for Jesus and get up there. Everybody's like, well, the worship team's big enough. We need you. We want you. That's a gift that you have. That might not be your calling, but, like, start using that in the context of community on this bigger mission, the greatest nonprofit of all time that Jesus wants you to be included in so we can change the world together. Drop the excuses and sign up. Use your gift mix. And maybe that's just greeting and shaking somebody's hand on a Sunday morning, but, like, Jesus wants you to be included on the big picture of what we're doing. Amen? So that's our first step. That's one way. But we got four main ways we express to grow together. And I'll just say this too. You can't outgrow serving. You can't. So what are we waiting for? Join the team. Join the team. And we made that really easy. Uh, You can go to our website, punkcitychurch.com. There's a little button you can click, serve. Start serving. Sign up for a team. And we want to get you plugged in and starting to serve as quickly as possible because once again, we believe serving and the posture that Jesus took is one of the greatest first snap, next steps of, of being a follower of Jesus and growing in our spirituality. Amen? All right. Number two is this. Uh, love the neighborhood. Love the neighborhood. Okay, so another great way to get uh, deeper included, growing in your faith, and getting plugged into community in our church is uh, something that we express by calling loving the neighborhood. And the ways that that's expressed on a yearly calendar is through these things that we call our four Ponca City events. So just really quickly, for Ponca City that, you know, it's like, well, what is that? We just really believe we are supposed, we feel called to posture ourselves in our community by being a church that is known more for what we're for rather than what we're against. There's too many churches in our culture that are just known for what they're against. That's not the posture we take. Because I, I think about, like, the eternal life. I think about the things that Jesus, the abundant life, the things that he is for in our lives. And we're not meant to live a guilt-driven life that's constantly being bombarded by who we're not and reminding of how imperfect we are. I don't know about you, but, like, my personality type, like, I'm my biggest critic. 
So I don't need anybody else reminding me of how and being critical on the ways that I fall short as a human being. But as a church, this is why we do what we do. And we put the calendars on our event or the events on our calendar to say we want to posture ourselves as in our city and saying we want to remind people that we are a church that is for them. We are a church that is for the city. We want to do things that remind people and connect the dots of understanding the posture that we take as a, ch- as a church is for you. We're not against you. We're on your side. In fact, we want to push and go deep with you to push you to become everything God has called you to be. So with that being said, I want to, I wanna, uh, there's, we don't have, uh, you know, it's not like there's 80 events coming up. There's one in particular that I want to uh, cast a little vision for that if you've been a part of our church, you know about it. But I figured so this morning would be a great kind of, once again, a next step or an entry point for some of you who maybe are new here or for some of you who have never uh, joined and helped out with this event before. And this is uh, our full-size candy bar hunt. Now, I'm not against tr- trunk or treats. I'm not against all these other things. But, like, for me, I'm just kind of the person that's like, we got to rethink the wheel a little bit. Like, I don't want to be the 50th church that does a trunk or treat. You see what I'm saying? Like, so what we what we decided three years ago when Kelly and I got here, it's like, you know what kids really love on Halloween? You know what I remember on Halloween was knocking on the door, and for some reason that per- that person made an investment in their candy budget to not hand me a fun-size bar and drop it in my candy bucket, but made the investment to give me a full-size candy bar. You better believe every year I was knocking on that door and had that house address memorized. The difference between full-size and Fun size and full size is such a small difference, but for kids or for anybody, this is a big, big deal. So as a church, we're saying we want to leverage that. So here's where we are with this event. I'm just going to break it down for you, and then I'm going to give you guys steps to be involved. Because we've designed this event that it doesn't matter who you are, you can have a, a, a role of involvement. If it's more passive or even if it's a little bit more active, right? Okay, so here's the idea. The idea is this, is that on Halloween night... We have our church as a location to hand out candy, right? We're handing out full-size candy bars. Now, on each and every one of those candy bars is that hashtag for Ponca City that just reminds people and, and gives us an opportunity to have a hashtag as a reminder to others in our community that we are a church that is for them as we continue to do these events that are built for our community, right? And at the location of our church, when you get a, f- a full-size candy bar, we're going to hand you a list, a scavenger hunt list of other addresses of houses in our community that are also handing out full-size candy bars. And you might be saying, well, who are those addresses of that are handing out full-size candy bars? I'm looking at you right now, right? So here's the vision. Can we have a list that is so deep, so full of our church people in neighborhoods where there's trick-or-treaters handing out full-size candy bars, being those very neighbors, those very people, and reminding people that we are a church that is for you. We're not begging and breathing and guilting you down your neck to come back our next Sunday. We're just saying, hey, we are a church that's posturing ourselves in the community and saying, hey, we just want to remind you that God loves you through the difference between a fun-size and a full-size candy bar. Amen? Right? Okay, so hey, that's the vision, but here's the next step of how you get involved. And here, here's what I, whenever we do a Four Ponca City event, like, we, I want us to be all in as a church. Like, because this matters so much. Like, the way we posture ourselves in our community communicates so much. It communicates so much. Like, so the, here's, here's the ways that you can be involved. Some of you in the room are like, I live really rural and I get zero trick-or-treaters. That's okay. That's okay. If that is your situation, we're not like, we don't want to guilt you. Here's what we invite you to do. Buy full-size candy bars, put some stickers on it, which are available at the Connect table every week leading up to Halloween, by the way. Grab as many stickers as you need. 
bring those candy bars here to the church, help hand out candy bars, dress up in your best costume, and help be people that help hand out the scavenger hunt list to everyone else. Now, if you are a person that's in a location where you get a lot of trick-or-treaters, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Buy a bunch of full-size candy bars at your house on Halloween, put stickers on them, hand them out, and submit your address to be on the scavenger hunt list. I can't remember how many houses we had last year when we did this, but it was a good number, and uh, it was pretty decently successful. And I'll just say this, is like, we started picking up more momentum of people being like sharing and sending the scavenger hunt list. We got to a point where it was going, you know what I mean, on social media, it was like people weren't coming to the church to get their list. People were just sharing it on social media. That is a good thing, everybody. Now, you might be like, well, how many candy bars do I need to buy? I don't know. But the, the fact of the matter is when you run out, that's okay, and we'll, we'll pick up the pieces next year. But my thoughts are let's move. Let's do the best we can. Put the, the candy bars in your budget, and let's love on our community, and let's just see what happens as we love uh, throughout our city and hopefully spread the message that we are for people. Now, the last thing is this. Some people are like, well, I go out of town or I'm not going to be able to be physically here, so I can't help out at the church uh, or I can't help out at my house. If that's you and you're out of town, here's what we just ask. Uh, help us, and we're going to um, assumingly have a lot of ha- full-size candy bars that need to be handed out. So uh, we're taking donations every Sunday, full-size candy bars at the Connect table. And you better believe if you try to hand us fun size, we're going to give those right back to you. I'm just saying that right now. We are the full-size candy bar church. We are not the fun-size candy bar church, right? Um, and we're pretty brutal about that because we, we just believe in, we believe in the difference. We have vision for the difference, amen? So if you're out of town, no big deal. Like the way that we really would need help and the way that you can still be involved is just buying uh, some packs of full-size bars, dropping them off at the Connect table on a Sunday because we're going to need the biggest stockpile to make sure that this event is a success. But I'll just say this, the event, the success of this event is driven by us as his church. Not driven by me. I'm just one house in the neighborhood, right? And if it's just me on the scavenger hunt list, like, I'll try to be the best full-size candy bar neighbor I possibly can be. But I'll just say this. The way this event is successful is not by one person. It's by us as a family. Loving on our neighborhood, thinking differently about how we can love and make people think about church and the posture and, and, and reminding people that we are a church that is for our community rather than against them. Amen? Does that make sense, everybody? All those details can be found on our website. The way that you signed up, that you can sign up for this event, swing by our Connect table. They'll help you get signed up, or everything's available on our website. Once again, poncacitychurch.com. Click on events, sign up, those options, those three ways you can serve. Sign up. Let us know you're serving, and we're going to be getting prepped uh, uh, on the back end. But we just, we believe this year, like I'm, there's something, there's a grace on this year. I'm just, I can tell it's going to be our best year yet. I, I just think there's something to it this year uh, where we're going to have a really uh, massive impact in our community, and I can't wait to see what happens. And hopefully it spreads like a wildfire. Amen? So loving the neighborhood, that's, that's the next thing uh, on our list. Third thing is this, is um, grow up. Grow up. So we talked about uh, getting a job, serving. Uh, we talked about loving the neighborhood. The third way that we just really encourage as maybe a next step for you to get involved in our community is growing in your faith. And uh, the way we define that is learning and growing through something that we call uh, growth track. Now, our next growth track, this is a set of classes that we've designed to just help you grow in your faith. Now, earlier you t- I talked a little bit about, like, your calling isn't volunteering. Uh, because we've set and postured ourselves to ha- have classes that help you um, wrestle with what is your calling. Who are you? Who's God created you to be? God has created you uniquely and specifically as an individual that's called to so much more. So our growth track, our process of formal classes that we've created 
help you through that process of discovering everything that God's called you to be and hopefully continues to launch you into wherever you are in our society, job, school, wherever you have influence to be everything God has created you to be. So uh, Growth Track is going to be relaunching in February 2020, so we got a little bit of time. So this is one of the next steps that we're going to have to wait on. Uh, for some of you in the room, this might be your next step. So um, we're going to have to wait a little bit longer until the new year. But uh, next, next slide just kind of gives us a breakdown of um, the classes, yeah, what we just did something called the Calling Lab, and that, that time that we spent together wrestling with our calling is going to be now included in what we call our Growth Track classes. It's going to become a part of it. So when, when we encourage people to take next steps through our Growth Track, the Calling Lab is going to be a part of it. So here's the five classes that are a part of our, our Growth Track. 101 Essentials, we start you off with a class of just like, hey, here's some essentials of the faith that we just want to encourage you. Like, this is a part of our church life. Um, praying, doing our, our Bible devotions, encouraging people to wrestle with the Bible daily. Um, baptism is one of those, celebrating when people get water baptized. Like last week, we baptized three people. It was awesome. Some of my favorite Sundays. Amen. Um, 201 and 301, it's split up our calling lab. That We want to take time helping you wrestle with what your calling is, who God's created you to be. So we split that one up into two parts. 401 is spirit-filled life of that God has not created you to be dead spiritually, but has given you and empowered you with his Holy Spirit. So we wrestle through that, and we pray and contend uh, for you to be the most spiritually filled person possible as you're living your life. And then 501, this culminates, our last class is something we call heart and soul, which uh, the heart and soul of our church is our, another name for our church membership. So basically it's like, what do you get for being a member at Ponca City Church? Uh, you really don't get anything. It's more about you making a commitment to give your life away uh, in, w in what Jesus has called us to be. But we truly believe it. Our members are the heart and soul of our church. They're the ones that are generously contributing. They're the ones that are serving on teams. They're the ones that, so we culminate and we encourage everybody to get, uh, to get, go that deep with our church and become somebody who's a key player in continuing to push the vision and the heart of our church forward in our community and in our city. So that's launching back up in February. So keep an eye out. We'll be putting it on our bulletin as you come in and reminding people on our website as well. So once again, uh, check out our website. And that's going to be launched in February 2020. So something to look forward to. But last but not least, uh, before we conclude this morning, is um, the fourth thing, and that's making friends. And that's this idea that um, we, can't, we can't go through life alone. None of us were called to go through life alone. We need other human beings. Faith, wrestling with your faith, trying to be a committed person and following Jesus, like that, that mission will not be successful unless we got people around us that are encouraging us and continuing to push us in the right direction. Amen? And, and the, the whole idea of, of, of making friends is why we do what we do when we host and have small groups. Um, we believe life is better together. And um, we have uh, small groups. Every We split our church calendar up into trimesters. Um, so every year we have three sets of, of times where you can get involved into a small group. So uh, this morning as we conclude, what I want to do is I want to invite our current small group leaders up to the front right now. So if you're a small group leader this next, or this, yeah, this trimester, it actually starts tomorrow, everybody. So um, if you haven't been looking forward or looking ahead to it, so I just want to invite anybody who's a small group leader who's in this room, uh, I just want to invite you to the front. You guys can spread out over here. Um, our trimester starts tomorrow, and we have six small groups that are going to be starting. So um, and uh, we wanted to create a connection point for you 
um, to hopefully see a, see a face, hear about what type of a group they're leading, and then hopefully after we dismiss, uh, give you the opportunity to connect with one of those people. Now, once again, you don't have to come up here and connect with somebody because all of the information, pictures of each and every one of these wonderful people is on our website. So once again, poncacitychurch.com, click on small groups. All the information for our groups uh, is on there. But I just wanted to spend a little bit of time of service in our service this morning as we conclude so that you can understand and see some of the small group leaders that are going to be leading groups uh, this trimester. So uh, first, we have three types of groups. So I'm going to really break it down. Hopefully this is not too confusing. Once again, you are confused. Head to the website. It's all on there. Um, we do groups that are called D groups. Now, these are spiritually growth focused groups. These are going to be groups that are going to help you kind of uh, encourage you in your faith and push you in the right direction for your life. So uh, this trimester, we have three uh, D groups, and the D stands for discipleship, right? And uh, the first one of those is led by none other than De Denise Barone, representing the Chiefs this morning. Um, all this information is on the website, but Denise, but Denise is uh, leading a group for women. It's on Tuesdays uh, weekly in the morning time, 10 to 11.30 a.m., um, you can contact her for the location, and then her contact information is also available uh, on the website. Another D group that we have is led by none other than Juanita. Now, um, you're going to hear Juanita's name again because she leads another group as well. But this group in particular is a group for women. They meet every third Saturday monthly at 2.30 here at uh, the church building. And their focus is doing life together. And uh, we've just seen so many uh, great testimonies just coming out of uh, just posturing you guys, you as women, with other women, just doing life together and being community. Um, and all of Juanita's contact information, you can come grab that information from her or, uh, like I said, um, her information's there on the website. Uh, next would be uh, none other than Shane Burdick over here. Uh, Shane, and then uh, Shane's actually, he's co-leading a group with uh, Jeff, Jeff Fernandez. Many of you guys know Jeff. So they are, they're co-leading a men's group that's going to be happening monthly. Um, they're going to be doing all sorts of cool stuff. Um, and, and Shane just kind of pitched the vision to me, and it's going to be really diverse, the experiences they're going to have. So the location is going to be different every time. Um, but the, really, the big focus of it is kind of based out of the book Wild at Heart. And if you've never read that book, that's a great book and a resource for men um, just to chase after God. And um, if you need uh, Shane's contact information, once again, is available on the website. But you can talk to him after service and uh, get the information you need to, to hear about um, that group, which I'm, I'm so excited about because that's a new one this trimester. So, Okay, so that's our D groups, the groups that are focused on growing. So we also offer two other types of groups. Uh, the next type of group is called what we call our fun groups. So these are not like growth groups, like doing life together. Like this is more of, hey, we just get together and we just have fun. And uh, a couple of those groups, they're activity-focused. Um, sh I mentioned Shane is co-leading a group with, with – yeah, Shane's like, wait a second, my group's fun too. So, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm not taking away that every group's fun. You know what I mean? Anyway, so Shane is co-leading with, with Jeff. Jeff himself is just leading a fun group that's um, our men's breakfast group. And this has been a group that's been going on for a long time, I think since Callie and I came. So we still have our men's breakfast. That's a group, and the focus of fun is eating. And eating breakfast, right? And just hanging out. So if you love food and uh, want to hang out and eat food once a month, those third Saturdays, monthly at 8 a.m., they, they meet at Boomerang Diner, um, which is one of our newer restaurants downtown. And all the contact information is there. You can get in contact with Jeff. Um, pictures on there as well. And then also Juanita is also leading, I mentioned this, uh, a fun group as well. And her fun group 
is uh, specifically built for special needs. Um, and she does this every third Saturday, so it's a monthly deal. It's from 12 to 2 here at the church uh, building, and they she just provides uh, luncheon activities for special needs in our community, um, which is such a beautiful thing, and it's been such a blessing um, to see the vision and the heart that she has to lead a group to once again make a difference and remind our city that we are for them. Amen? Okay, that's it for our fun groups. And then lastly uh, is the last type of group, which is called our love group. And our love group is really community-focused. And you might be a person that's like, yeah, I have a heart for the community. Uh, beyond the events that we do as a church, here's what I know is that many people in our church have a vision themselves to help our community, to serve our community. And once again, we want to pour fuel on that fire. So this trimester, we only have one uh, love group that's community-focused, and it's led by Donnie Kendrick. If you, um, yeah, and I don't see Donnie. He's not in here, but. Uh, Donnie's many times serving with the kids in the back, but this is a group for anyone, and every second Tuesday of the month um, from 6 to 7 p.m., they go to Creekside Assisted Living, um, and they play bingo, um, and it's just been such a cool group, and we've got to meet so many amazing people uh, along the way, many who have come and, and, and attended on Sunday, and I've got to meet and have relationship from just the relationships that have burst out of the, the that group, which has been a huge blessing. Um, so that's it, you guys. Those are our groups, and obviously we don't have everybody up here because everybody's serving all over the place, but um, go take a next step by going to our website or connecting maybe one of these groups that I mentioned that are up here. Um, these people are up here to not only connect with you with their groups, but also be prayer partners with you. So I just want to say this. After we dismiss, um, even if, you don't, if you're like, I'm, I'm maybe I'm not going to get connected in one of these groups, um, if you need prayer this morning or somebody pray for you, we've designed our small groups and our small group leaders to be people that can be reliable, trustworthy people that can invest, believe, and pray for you um, as well. So last but not least, as we conclude this morning, I want to put a phrase up uh, on the screen that is really just defines our commitment as a church to you, and it's through this phrase that if you've been here, you've, you've heard this before, it's you can do it, we can help. Um, we believe that your life is your life, and your unique calling is your, your unique calling. And um, as a church, we believe in you. We believe we as a church staff and, and kind of the leaders of the church, we can't do your calling for you. But I will say this, we are committed to resource and to help you grow in your faith and grow in who God has called you uniquely to be. Um, Callie mentioned it in her message last week, as we always talk about this, as, as pastors, many times people have the expectation for the pastor to be the sage from the stage, right? Is that it's like, well, just like, tell me what to do. And we just as a church are like, I, I'm just, as a pastor of this church, I'm not going to be a stage from the, sta from the stage, but what I will be is a guide from the side. I want to come in, I want to help you, I want to believe in you, and I want to posture as a church, we've postured ourselves for you to live, to grow in your own faith that you're responsible for, you know? When we face Jesus someday, we're not going to get to bring our parents and be like, well, my parents' faith was really fervent. And, like, they were really generous with their money. And, like, they, like, served at church and all these different things, right? That's just we have to give an account for the life that we've lived and the faithfulness of what God has designed for us as he's categorized and give us a way forward to live as human beings, to thrive as human beings, and to live what he's defined as an abundant life. We, as a church, um, we can't force you to spiritually grow, and I know that. We can't police your spiritual growth. That's, that's not our job. That's, it's impossible to do that. And in fact, I believe that's way too much weight to put on any imperfect human being's shoulders. But what we have done and what we are committed to as a church is positioning ourselves to help you spiritually grow, to give you next steps that we believe make a massive difference in your faith. So this morning, hopefully you've identified maybe one of those four kind of key next steps 
And once again, that's why we're assuming you're here this morning, is that you're curious about faith, and hopefully there's something that burst forth from this morning that helps you understand maybe what a next step for you to grow is and what it would look like to joining together and, and joining together in this mission, this unique mission God has put us on, and what it looks like to be Team PCC. Amen? Can we pray this morning?